Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Niler Nine podcast. It's Niall here along with Andrea Cleary. Hello. How are you doing? Good. We're going to be talking about the Taylor Swift album that just came out called Lover, her seventh album later on the show. We'll have songs up for discussion from the 1975 and others. And uh, um, But first, I guess some some very quick news uh, that we, we announced during the week. Oh yes, big uh, news. We are doing a live podcast at the Cork Podcast Festival. Woo! Yeah, Sunday, October 13th, I believe it is. Yes, that's it's right, Cork Park. Nine o'clock. Yeah, nine o'clock in the Kino. It is free in, actually. So yeah. anyone in Cork uh, that weekend can come on down for the crack. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't know what it's going to be yet, but we're going to figure it out. We're going to, look, we're going to get a big drawing board and we're going to plan some fun things, yeah. activities. We're going to make some mind maps. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to mind map the shit out of this. Um, We're on after... Mother of Pod, who I'm a big fan of. The Creep Dive, who I'm a big fan of. And The Point of Everything, who I'm a big fan of. So Very good. It's that's a, a, that's lovely, a nice afternoon. It's a evening. lovely way to spend your evening. We're on and last. Then, yeah. So I, we're headlining. I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Can, I mean, you headline a free thing? I, we're closing the festival. That's what I'm telling that's my right, mom. Yeah, so. We're closing the festival. <laughs> so yeah, this Cork Podcast Festival. Uh, I think we're going to maybe do a Dublin one soon as well uh, before the end of the year. But look. Don't hold me to that, but I'm saying it now so you can hold me to it. Yes. If you see me. Um, and yeah, so that's Core Pod- Podcast Festival. That's a good start, Niall. Just pronounce your words. That'll be, uh, that'll do really well for You're your podcast. You're doing great, career. sweetie. Uh, <laughs> Sunday, October 13th. And uh, also uh, relevant to your interests if you're maybe Electro Picnic bound or otherwise uh, on this very podcast feed. Right before this episode, you'll see the uh, annual 909 uh, DJ mixtape for Electric Picnic. Um, every year is my ninth time doing this. Every year I sit down on one evening and put together a DJ mix based off all of the artists that are playing, not all of them, but a selection of artists who are playing Electric Picnic. 
Um, that is up there for you to listen to at the moment. 80. What 1975 song did you choose? I didn't choose? put it in because it doesn't fit in. All right. Some of some of the some of the uh, like you know I couldn't put like Jessica Pratt into a DJ mix. It just wouldn't work. Mm. Um, but occasionally I, I've I've managed to put like intro tracks or outro tracks from certain artists. Like I think I put Aldous Harding in at the start of one before, um, or Lancome even at one point. Um, but I, I it's something I really enjoy doing every year, and I should do it for more festivals and uh, or more occasions. Mm. Uh, but that those kind of like limitations of having I basically just make a big playlist of all the artists playing all the songs that I have and the remixes and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy with how it worked out. And uh, it's always fun. So it's always fun listening if you're heading down the Strat body. It's always yeah. the nice thing to sit in the, put in the car. Pop it on. Just uh, an hour and 20 minutes. So it's kind of like perfect time for your journey, probably. Hopefully. No less it's than that. the perfect <laughs> time yeah. for Unless your journey. Unless you're all together now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no shade, no. no shade. I don't think it'll be a four hour journey, hopefully. But, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> it is repeatable if you need it. I'm sorry I'm speaking of repeatable <laughs> I'm repeating on myself so what's going on in the world of music this week the VMAs happened the VMAs are they relevant anymore Do yes I, does anyone care I th- I think pe- yeah I think so because you know they they happen and I, th- I think in, in terms of an awards ceremony probably not like I yeah well, couldn't I mean, tell you who won best video no well I'll be I think honest. it was probably Old Town Road wasn't it did they win everything? Maybe, yeah. I've, I've actually, I've no, I didn't. It does not matter. I so didn't pay attention to, to who won what, but there were some absolutely cracking performances, namely um, Ms. Lizzo. Obviously. Friend of the show. Every time she appears on stage, um, whether it be a TV show or a live show, or whatever it is, uh, she makes a big impression. Yeah. And uh, yet again, it was the first time, uh, the Lizzo performance, um, it was the first time I've seen in a long time, Actually, since and I thought it was a really clever reference, um, the Sir Mix-a-Lot baby got back the big butt, the big butt. She's reclaimed the big butt. She has, and it's no longer some uh, creepy uh, guy singing about uh, women's butts. It's yeah. uh, uh, a woman singing about self-love and uh, mm. looking good while you do it. So. And feeling good, feeling good. I found the whole thing watching it just like so uplifting and it was almost spiritual in the kind of call and response that she had with the with the crowd and everyone was just so into it it was an amazing kind of declaration of self-love and nearly like forcing self-love on people it's like no you get come here (laughs) stop talking about my friend like that and you know it's it was it was a really really powerful performance and she's just like Oh, she just keeps getting better and better. I'm glad she did different songs than mm. what she like. She didn't just uh, try to juice again because no. she clearly has other songs, as we know. Yeah, um, but that is a good example. I actually watched some of the live, all the live show that was on MTV, um, but I, I had to stop watching. It was too many breaks and mm. too many people. I didn't care about. All um, the young Instagrammers and things. Oh yeah, it's a, definitely a marker of, of of your age when you're like, I've literally no, I have no idea who that person is. Yeah. They keep showing, um, but then again, it's also an American TV show, uh, like entertainment show. So yeah. you never know who's going to show up. But even the presenter, which was some, who was some very unfunny older comedian, I was like, I we I don't know why he was on it. Mm. It didn't. None of it made any sense. He was like not funny, okay, not interesting, and he was just making dad jokes, right, or like making terrible jokes about safe spaces it was really bad oh i didn't yeah, see that it was uh, weak weak and i was like is it it's set in jersey the vmas was in jersey so i was like is he from jersey he's like no he's from la so i was like uh, none of it made any sense why he was there that's a shame uh, that was like i didn't see it but apparently the jonas brothers got given an award by the uh three of the cast of sopranos <laughs> are you serious <laughs> 
because they're from Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess that makes sense. Yeah, so um, um, that so, is something that happened mm. at, the, at the awards. Um, and the other thing that happened is that Old Town Road apparently won most of the awards. That's true, um, yeah. So something that, that made me kind of look at it as a marker of its time and also made me feel a little bit more removed from that young person world was the, the kind of prevalence of this, like, Instagram story or Snapchat aesthetic that was like in the actual performances. So I'm thinking about in uh, Taylor Swift's performance, there was a lot of like, you know, what words would pop up on the screen and in in a very kind of Instagram story kind of way, like a filter. And I think I think with her, it was like it was probably a little bit overdone. It was it was a lot, but I think that's kind of her aesthetic at the moment, which we'll probably talk about later. But I think Missy Elliott did it really, really well. Oh yeah, that was right. So let's talk about that. I mean, yeah. that was, if there's one performance you would take away from the whole show, it would be uh, Missy Elliott's. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know she's been um, given a lot of, uh, seems to be given a lot of awards lately. Maybe she's at that point in her career, but this is the Video Vanguard Award, the yeah. one that they give for music videos specifically. So the performance really leaned heavy on a lot of the, her very, uh, unique visual uh, videos that she's had and the dance um, mm. kind of styles that she's put across on here in her music videos. So and one of the first things you, you see is uh, um, the big black um, balloon suit she the, wore. And in it, the, she in just the like, video, super duper fly. She blew up to being like, I have no concept of like how big things are, but I'm going to say 50 feet. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like, you know, just like but floating was, over the crowd. It was I thought that was so, really clever done because I don't, yeah. that was like obviously the augmented reality stuff as well, yeah. right? So, but it was really well done. And I thought even if you didn't know any of the music, so I was watching even Sean Mendes, for example, who was so boring and uh, <laughs> so middle of the road. I was like, the visuals are really impressive. And yeah. I'm enjoying just watching the visuals. Yeah. Like it, it was very well put together. It was very cool. In terms of the show. And even like the part where Missy Ellie, like they had rain on the stage and stuff like that. Yeah. And just like her as a scarecrow. And that. Yeah. I thought that it was, was cool. Really cool. It was like, it was like just a fine reminder of somebody who's a completely singular talent. Maybe sometimes li- not, not necessarily forgotten about, but like not spoken about in the same terms. Cause like, she has some absolute banging tunes, and uh, but more than that, what well, anything this performance just shows you, like in terms of style and aesthetics, like she has her own thing going on and always has. Yeah, absolutely. I and I think so, something that kind of pointed to her, like just how long her career has spanned, was the really nice touch of one of the solo dancers being the young girl from the Get Your Freak On video, and she's a grown up now and has obviously kept up the dancing. Um, and she came out and did did a dance routine, and it was unbelievable. It was like, wow, she really has been going. Get Your Freak On was ages ago. Was she it was the same person, same girl. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought that was so. It was such a nice touch, and uh, yeah, it's like God, oh, that came out a while ago. I remember when that video first came out. I was watching it on, I think like TRL UK or something, or it was on MTV, and my mom was in the room with me. And the the spitting in the mouth part happened. And my mom was like, oh, God, there's no need for that. <laughs> and I think that's when I became rebellious. I was like, no, she's making some kind of point about something. Um, but yeah, Missy Elliott, as I I, I know we, we talked about a month ago about Beyonce as a visual artist. Yeah. I think Missy Elliott really is, is, is one of those artists, especially female artists who just really paved the way for 
like true creativity and not all things not always being like pretty yeah, in sure. music uh, mm. which oh she was just unbelievable uh, I agree she was absolutely incredible and that was clearly the best thing of the night other things that happened uh, like I mentioned the Sopranos cast uh, like the other thing about like all that is like they had this older presenter I can't even remember the guy's name I'll figure it out in a second but uh, but then presenting the cast of the Sopranos on a, a youth popular like popular culture show mm. doesn't really make any sense to me mm. I don't know like all of that stuff like there was a lot of like those dad jokes that they were like, oh well, we know there's people who are older are going to be like, don't want to, we don't want to lose them in the in the demographics or like they want alienate yeah. them too much. So they just did all these dad jokes, and it was like, okay, MTV alienated their sense. older viewers a very long time ago. <laughs> yeah, like, there was time. Obviously, you think it back to all the VMA times when it was like the Beastie Boys coming on stage or Red Hot Chili Peppers or Nirvana and all this kind of stuff, and uh, like that is gone in music now. That kind I of think level so. of. Yeah of uh, cross um, genre uh, mixing at an award ceremony doesn't mm. really exist anymore. Like, Or if it, it does, was, it's, it's not the VMAs. Show. Yeah, it is. Um, like I, the Grammys is about performances. The VMAs uh, is about entertainment. Yes. You yeah. Know, the best way of putting it. Um, I think so. Did you see any of the other performances? Did no, you... those are the only three I saw because I wasn't watching it live. Uh, truthfully, I didn't know it was on until the next day. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, God, I am out of touch. <laughs> um, well, what else did I see? Her, she's always uh, a really good performer. Oh. saw a bit of that. Um, the J Balvin and Bad Bunny had two very cool, uh, like, kind of kitsch, um, almost, uh, what was it, Asian kind of cartoon costumes. Okay. There was that. Um, anything else? Uh, Miley Cyrus did a song. Very what sad song, song did she do? Okay. A new song about breaking up with her fella. Oh, yeah, and, she did uh, break up with her fella. My girl Rosalia was on it again. Yes. She won Best New Latino or Latin Award. That's what she won. Just so give best her Best New. Like. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but I really like Missy Elliott and Lizzo, the ones we're talking about. I think so, that. yeah. But another um, big pop name close to your heart, Andrea. <sighs> Tell me more about what Harry Styles is up to. Harry Styles. And why we should care. Why? Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a lot to ask. <laughs> I, I think I can very easily answer why, why we should care. It's because he is probably like the kindest soul in pop. And he, he kind of always has been. But I feel like the wider public has only really been coming around to that idea in the past couple of years, like since the breakup of One Direction. Because when he was in One Direction, he had this sort of, this, I don't know, maybe it was the Caroline Flack thing, it was probably a number of things, but he had this persona kind of put upon him as being, you know, the ladies' man and being the player and stuff. And actually, like, I mean, I, I followed One Direction very closely when they were around and he was just never that person. And it was always such a shame to me, or I found it such a shame that the tabloid media, if that's a thing that still exists, um, but, you know, the internet tabloid media would just kind of decide that that's who he is. And he's just come through it so positively and so authentically himself and it's sort of now he has done an interview with Rolling Stone magazine, which is a really, really wonderful read. Um, it is. I was I was a bit skeptical when you sent it to me, I would admit. Mm. I was like, OK, what am I going to learn? Yeah. Harry Styles from this. But it is a really one of the best profiles I've read in a while. Yeah. Um, 
like we were talking off mic earlier, like they clearly, Rob Sheffield, who wrote the piece, clearly had a lot of time mm. and space to talk yeah. and uh, be with Harry Styles. And uh, it is, uh, yeah, a very interesting piece. So. It is. And I, I think, I, I mean, I was saying to you earlier, if, if it reads like that kind of old school music journalism where it's not a junket, it's not promotion it's just here's an interesting person that I wanted to get to know and write about and I think Harry comes across in this the way that his fans have kind of always seen him as being a kind of experimental shy kind person who kind of just wants good for the world and it's there's there's a lovely naivety in him where he's just he's like I just want to make music that sounds like I don't know, that, that sounds like Van Morrison. And yeah. it's like, okay. That's... he starts talking about Steely Dan and yeah. Wings and, he's and like he, he's read. He and... has all of this like amazing taste and he's always had it. But what I loved most about it, I think, was when asked about his time at One Direction, he he's like, yeah, it was it was great. Like, I, I had a really great time. Like, he doesn't come out and say anything bad about anybody. He doesn't, you know, say, oh, well, I wasn't making real music then, but now that I've gotten into classic rock, now I'm making real music. It's like, no, it's all real music. Like, like w- women and teenage girls and, like, LGBT people and everybody that kind of made up the Directioners at the time are are grown-ups now or you know were grown-ups at the time or whatever and it's like these are people with real tastes and people who love pop music and it was damn good pop music like you can't deny how powerfully pop One Direction were even in their so even though they were literally the most manufactured band you we saw them being manufactured on screen it's it's wild but I yeah I, I just think that it's time or it has been time for quite a while now that people sort of just cut away or leave that that idea that all of our pop stars are the same and they're all vapid and they're all mm. in it for the money. And I, I just think whether you have been a fan, like if you're a fan of Harry Styles, you've read this already, but if you're at all curious about what the actual 25-year-old boy man is like, it, this is a wonderful way to kind of say oh he's just a young man who just loves music and wants to make music you know yeah. and i think the one thing that i really took from it is that he like you kind of alluded to it already but just to say it like he he remained like quite unscathed from unscathed from the pop like process that he was in yeah that big like huge worldwide rigmarole that mm-hmm. was one direction because he is well it seems well adjusted from it yeah and like it didn't negatively affect him in the way that it, it has affected other former boy band members or even members of that boy band you know yeah well i mean i actually couldn't even say mm. what you know I, I don't know much about the rest of them okay now currently you know like the lad from Mullingar seems like a lovely chap he, yeah and that's uh, about it you know i don't know anything about rude the rest for of him them, but um, i think he's come out of it in a similar way he's really kept his feet on the ground for first thing he did while yeah. his money was buy a house in Mullingar for his parents like okay, you know yeah. just so yeah it's that but, kind of idea is just like you know he's uh, i think the other interesting part of it he's like clearly in a place in his in his life that he can just uh, you know wear a big bell bottoms and, yeah. and big floppy hats and uh, 
do what he wants, but also he seems like he's very in touch with reality. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which and is he's, interesting because he's like, he has not lived re- in reality in, no. in, for much of his life. And he's, you know, he's never talked about his his sexuality or his, how he identifies or anything like that. And I think that it's taken a while. And like I, that, that goes back to the One Direction days. He was kind of dropping hints about being bisexual or pansexual um, e- even back in those days. And I think the world just hadn't caught up with that kind of discourse where it's like, I actually don't have to identify as anything if I don't want to, or I'm allowed to be unsure or just because I wear you know, feminine clothing. I'm not saying anything by doing that. This is just the clothing I want to wear. And I think that that's, that's here now, you know, he's, he's in the right world for that. And like, by no means has that been curated by him that, but I think what, what he does in his kind of commitment to being himself and his commitment to dressing how he wants and talking about the topics that he wants and making sure that his concerts are safe spaces and that his fans feel safe and loved all the time is just such a it's such a force for good within a pop music industry that can you know if you read the headlines it just seems like story after story of just horrible horrible stuff happening in it and he's just yeah like I mean the the title the it's wonderfully titled The Eternal Sunshine of Harry Styles. And I think that captures him perfectly. And it's just, I I know I'm sounding really fangirly here, but I, I, I genuinely do believe that he is a good person and he's gotten such a bad kind of, he's gotten such a bad time from the press in the past. And it's, it's just, it's nice to see him actually yeah, be well, willing to open he up. He's a kid, you know? so like, and he's, he's a still, baby. Like, God, yeah. I mean, I went and watched. He's well. still a baby. He's still like, figuring it out. Yeah. And I went and watched the What What Makes You Beautiful video just to like, just to contextualize how young they were. And like, they were children. You know, he was 16 when they started. And he just went through all of that. And to come out of it, this intelligent, thoughtful, woke person, I just, I just find it all very impressive. And the yeah, it's a beautifully written article as well. Um, so it made my week. Yeah, it's very much worth a read. Mm. Um, so do uh, delve into that. We move on to songs of the week. Yeah. Um, from one former boy band to maybe another. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the, the 1975 with a new song called People. That is a 1975 song. It's called "People." Is the first single from their forthcoming fourth album, "Notes on a Conditional Form," out in February 2020. Trey, what is going on here? 
It's a, yeah, I don't know. You just kind of wish that they try something new every now and then, and then they just keep churning out the same old thing. Um, no, explain it to me. <laughs> I told you earlier off mic that my only notes for this song on the podcast is the words fight me. <laughs> I love this. It's just right. Okay. To contextualize the 1975 kind of started out as a, uh, very, very much a, a, a pop act with kind of, indie like early noughties indie uh aesthetic um definitely modeling themselves aesthetically on people like the strokes and that kind of thing but you know marketing themselves towards a, a young female audience and then last year they brought out an album called something it's a long title I can't remember it um a brief uh, inquiry s- inquiry that's the one yeah <laughs> and um I don't know yeah to explain myself <laughs> if you'd like me to we weren't that impressed with that album when it came no. out if you remember and then you leave for one week um yeah. on, on the podcast I went to see not better better content yeah <laughs> I went to see the 1975 in the three arena with David Hanready and then the next week I did the podcast with Luke in which there was just the most dramatic of turnarounds for me. Yeah, you were just totally on board all just, of a sudden. I just got it, it just clicked with me and yeah and then I, I ended up actually really really liking that album. I liked how it was like you know still kind of heavy pop but it had something to say and now this has come and I'm just like I'm blown away by how right they got this because this is so not you're looking at me like I'm mental but like this is this is not their sound this is not what the 1975 sound like and they're definitely doing a cover of a Marilyn Manson song here but just because they use the word people in it no but I mean like this this sounds like Marilyn Manson like this this (laughs) is exactly what they're going for beige fucking garage rock i mean if it look if it wasn't the 1975 would you even be entertaining this well into this i've heard you've heard i hear so many songs like this send them to me like just make me a playlist yeah no problem (laughs) you can have them they all sound the same i'm like okay but if they all sound the same does does that make them inherently not good no i'm just sick of this song (laughs) i've heard this song so many times That's my real point about it. I'm yeah. like, I'm just like, if they were doing something interesting or they like, it's just, it's just a loud whale. It's fine. It's like, <sighs> I mean, it's probably going to be the one track on the album that doesn't like fit in with the rest. I presume. I presume it's Maybe. Not gonna, the rest of the album isn't going to be like this. I don't know. I mean, yeah, well, no, none of us know. I hope like, maybe, I hope they just do 10 tracks of 10 different genres. Yeah, I, I think that would expect be cool. that to make expect more of this. Yeah, no, I don't think we're yeah. gonna get more of this. It's it definitely even with the video and all that. You're yeah. right. You like it is like they're. I'm not they're wild with dress the video. Up yeah, the video, they are, and they're. I feel like they're playing dress up in the music as well, and that's why I don't. Yeah. I just can't get on. I see. I don't, I, I really... don't mind the playing dress up in the music thing. I, I think it's yeah, fun. I mean, maybe that's too harsh because I don't. I don't believe that every artist has to be their old, their uh, true, authentic self mm. for every song. Um, but I just don't think this is a good song. Sorry, um, I have it, never like, disagreed I with you more. Think, uh, what's, what, I'm interested to hear what the reaction uh, from 1975 fans would be for this. They love it. Of course they do. They love it, and a lot Money of non 1975. I I sent I sent this to a couple of mates, and they were like literally replies like, "Is this what the 1975 sound like now?" Because like I'm on board. 
Right. I love it. Okay. Thanks, great. Yeah, I just I just feel like I've tried to give it a few lessons and I'm like, nope. Okay. Hard pass. Hard okay. pass from me. Um okay. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's the nineteen ninety five. Hold it against you. <laughs> um, up next is Pusha T with a new song called Sociopath. Network of typers Ain't selling the pipers To get the baby to diapers Call my chick Swiffer Cause all she know is swipers F*** a rap But she don't need him to wife her Bitch truck All your mans wanna touch her She get a player cleaned up too You need a buffer Travel out to them islands and Thailands She don't know if it's land van or lime van All she know if it's my hands It's pie hands All she want is the monograms and my bands Charcuteries what, what is charcuteries? Man, it's, it's when you go to your hotel room and they got the cheese and the f***ing pepperoni sliced on a little wooden board waiting on you. New jewelries, new taste levels, she be schooling me. I got a chick that'll master your card. Nice with the visas, passports is art. Every page inked up, her and the bitches link up. They think they hear the drum in the machine when it syncs up. Heads bopping, boop bop, deep boop bop. Who you think showed you that Chanel did the tube socks? Busting down watches, rental Whips in the garages. She don't trick, but she charges. As Pusha T and his song that came out uh, today, I believe uh, this. Yes, this week. Anyway, that's that's all that's relevant. Really, it came out this week. It's Pusha T. Song is called Sociopath, featuring Cash Doll. Apparently, this is a, a track that was left off Daytona. Uh, so produced by Kanye West again. Um, I think this is a fine example of the kind of beat that Pusha T just excels at. That kind of minimal um boom bap almost um like the suicide song that he had a few years ago he's so good at just rapping over that kind of stuff that like i could listen to it for days yeah um what do you think of this um yeah i i like how it sounds um i didn't know that kanye produced it un- until after i listened to it and i still heard kanye on it i was like oh this is very kanye inspired mm. um so you you can definitely feel him in the room there um the the lyrics, I, I I just found a bit, I, there's a lot about luxury cars and watches and stuff that I had to just look up because I don't know that world. <laughs> that is Pusha T's world. Uh, yeah, he's, he's very wealthy, it would seem. But, um, <laughs> well, he likes to flaunt. Yeah, I, I like how how he says it more than what he says. I, I like his yeah, I think that's a lot fair. on it. I think that yeah. can be the same with a lot of Pusha T songs. Like, yeah. The way he says it, not exactly what he's saying, because a lot of time he's just saying the same thing over yeah. and over again. Yeah, and, and like it's that, it's like I'll bump this. It's good. It's cleverly done because I think the first time I listened to it, I thought he was rapping about his girl in like a really horrible way, and I was like, "Oh God, what the hell!" And then I looked into it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, no, he's saying that all of these things are a good thing." Which I don't know, <laughs> make it that way you will, but um, it's yeah, it's cleverly done. I, like I said, I love his flow on it. I love the sound of it. I love the the space that it has and I love that kind of like ding 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 yeah, that's like running yeah. through the whole that's thing. That's exactly the kind of thing that I think he's really good at. Yeah. Um appearing like on because he's so uh, his flow is so all encompassing. So mm. something to punctuate. Yeah. You know, his voice is something that that's why that suicide song I, I brought up because it reminds me of that. It's like that kind of that same kind of beat. And I think Kanye did that as well. I'm I could be wrong, but I must mm. check it. Um just, you know, um unverified facts that's, that's the name th- of the that's game what right you here. get here on the podcast <laughs> yeah and i'm apparently i saw a picture of him at longitude when he did play uh when he filled in for did he fill in for a sub rocky or was it just a last minute edition i think he filled in for a sub rocky he played like I at three so. o'clock on a friday and the place looked stuffed yeah so you know 
people go to Big people planning. do go to festivals young early in the day. So yeah. yeah, it can happen. That's Pusha T and Cash Doll, who you did not hear, but she interjects at some point. Uh, and she sounds great on it. She does, yeah. yeah. Uh, a song is called Sociopath. Up next is Adam Bainbridge and a song from his project Kindness. This is called Raise Up. There's a bit of kindness. This new song it's called "Raise Up." Uh, an album is out uh, next week called "Something Like a War." It is Adam Bainbridge's first uh, kindness album in five years. Um, he first came to my attention with the uh, first album "World You Need a Change of Mind," and then 2014's "Otherness" had some really good stuff on it, but um, maybe not quite as impactful for me. Okay. as his debut but i just love the debut i still play a lot of it djing actually he's a kind of a magpie kind of producer and musician he can pick up different kind of styles and run with them and uh, do strange covers on the first album he had a cover of a song that was uh in the charts in the uk charts by uh somebody from eastenders i believe oh really very weird uh i must uh, again i must verify that fact <laughs> and i just spit it spit it out but uh, yeah, something like a war is his third album. Um, obviously, you can hear a lot of gospel buzz in there. Um, he has uh, most recently worked with Robin on her album, um, and he is kind of a little bit of a uh, kind of a Dev Hines kind of character. Works between loads of different people and uh, a bit of a sounding board for a lot of uh, musicians, it seems. And uh, I don't know if his solo music has ever really um, broke through to the point where that he his influence seems to have, but mm. um, he has. He's uh, there seems to be a lot of uh, collaborations on the new album. Um, well, uh, Robin is on one of the tracks which we I think we played earlier this year, March maybe. Um, that came out in March, and then uh, Senna Bose and Jasmine Sullivan are two older artists who feature on the album as well. I think he is an album artist, and so I'm interested to hear what the album is like. So I do like the song on its own, though. Mm. It's a nice kind of upbeat, kind of uplifting gospel buzz jam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm into it. I Yeah, I, I don't... That was nice to have some context there, because I actually don't know him at all. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm aware of work he's done, but uh, I don't know him as a solo artist at all. So I kind of came to this song very fresh and I really, really like it. I think the vocals are lovely and warm and yeah, like you said, up uplifting and just, yeah, 
I I like the gospel influence in it. I, yeah, I just like its warmth. It's it's a really nice kind of up, uplifting kind of song. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I said the same thing like three times there, but th- <laughs> those are my three thoughts on the song. Um, and I I should go and listen to his first album. So First album is great. It's Does really it sound lovely. like this or is it different? Um, it's, uh, there's parts of it like this. It's more kind of uh, psychedelic um, kind of... Uh, it's a mix of styles. It's very okay. 80s, and um, but in a way that isn't like what we'll talk about later with maybe the Jack Antonoff effect. It's like yeah. particular parts of 80s that are more obscure and uh, kind of feels like it's drawing from uh, palettes of that um, decade that isn't so obviously used. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to try now and uh, <laughs> uh, verify those facts that I, I, I just spat out there. Um, the EastEnders one, yeah, so the EastEnders, uh, one of the original stars of EastEnders did a song called Anyone Can Fall In Love, which was Anita Dobson. Um, it was, and the original was like a reworking of the EastEnders theme song. Maybe she wasn't on EastEnders. That is gas, Maybe that how do I sense. not know about No, this. she was on EastEnders, Anyone Can Fall In Love in 1986. She played the char- character of Angie Watts. Angie Watts. So there you go. Just look at her. Um... I can't really... T- oh, no, yeah, no, she'd be before my time now. Yeah. Not that I watch EastEnders, but, like, you know, it's around. You see it. Oh, yeah, you you might recognize her from that picture there, seeing as the, oh, yeah. the cover of the LP is her uh, outside... Uh, uh, what's the pub called? The, the, old, the old Vic. The old Vic. Yeah, August 1986. Get out of my And pub. then I was trying to... Oh, Suicide was actually produced by Pharrell Williams. Well, shut Kanye. me up. Well, there you go. That was my fault. So, uh, one got one right and one wrong. Sorry, Pharrell. So at least we at least we verified ourselves. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, our last song this week is from a band called Twin Peaks, and uh, they have a new track out called Fairy Song. Since it's too late to stay here, maybe I could take up a seat. It's getting hard to keep walking. Those phrases on repeat Sure it's high times in summer Only to heartache and fall If I get over that river, babe I'll run blind through it all
That is Twin Peaks. The song is called uh, Fairy Song. And uh, I think when the Twin Peaks revival, uh, the, the new series came out, one of the first things I thought about was like, ah, oh, damn, that poor, poor old band that called themselves after yeah. Twin Peaks is probably like kicking themselves a bit right now. Because <laughs> like Twin Peaks was gone for so many years. And then they were like, oh, let's go to that band Twin Peaks. And then they were like, there's literally a TV show yeah. back called Twin Peaks again. It's like a major SEO hit that we yeah, could say. <laughs> I'm sure. Twin Peaks band. So tell me a bit about Twin Peaks. I know this is their third album this will be their fourth, fourth album. album yeah um thank you for verifying my facts <laughs> that's what i'm here for um yeah so their last album was back in 2016 and this is the the first song off what's going to be their fourth and i like it mostly because it sounds like the weight by the band oh yeah uh, like it's like it's so old-fashioned this it's song so old-fashioned like, and i'm like yeah I, and even I like his this. vocals sound so like thin in it i'm yeah. like is that a deliberate choice i think so yeah yeah i i think it's supposed to sound like you're listening to it on a cassette or something um i really like it i think it's it's different and it's definitely harkening back to music that I really like and you know in that kind of not quite pastiche way but in a you can tell there's a lot of love for that style of music there and where are they from I don't know America yeah, that'll do. America. <laughs> uh, Chicago. Chicago, Chicago five do. piece there we All go right. I don't like I I know like a few of their songs but I never really dived dove dove in I'm going with dove um into their music but i probably should they seem like the type of thing i'd like um but yeah i just i heard this this week on a playlist and i was like oh this sounds like the band i like the band yeah cool <laughs> the way is a great song it is a great song <laughs> one of the best it makes me cry one of the best <laughs> it's so good uh, well that's a, that's not a bad way to leave it no. um okay we're gonna talk about the album of the week. Big Swifty. Big Taylor Swift uh, has a new album. It Up is her, her seventh tricks. album. Yeah. It is called Lover. And uh, we're going to talk about it right now. But first, here is a part of uh, the opening track, I Forgot That You Existed. On the schoolyard as soon as I tripped up and hit the ground, ground, ground. And I would have stuck around for you. Would have fought the whole town, so yeah, would have been right there, front row. Even if nobody came to your show, but you showed who you are then one magical night. I forgot that you existed. And I thought that it would kill me, but it didn't. And it was so nice. So peaceful and Okay, it's Taylor Swift's seventh album. It is called Lover. Um, Dre, where do we start with this? It is 18 tracks long. Oh, it's very long. How? What's the running time on it, actually? It's, Jesus, I'm being very bad this you week. Are, you're terrible. You're a terrible to man. I meant to keep checking. I was like, I don't think it feels that long. No, actually, you're right. It, yeah. But every time I see it's 18 tracks, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, and there's no skits or anything on it. They're all like three. Thank God. Three and four. I oh, know. No, the last thing we need in the world is a Taylor Swift skit, no, to be honest. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very long album. Her seventh one, which I was kind of, you know, surprised. I was like, Jesus. She's 61 had... minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's not short. No, it's not short, but actually, you know, 
I, I feel like we're both going to have very different opinions on this, but maybe I'm wrong. I I'm have sure. many opinions. Okay. My opinions are multiple. I think you're the authority here on Taylor Swift. Thank you. Um, <laughs> to, to put it bluntly, I care very little about her music. And, yeah. But I think to contextualize where I'm coming from, I feel a lot of things about Taylor Swift are rely on how on board you are with a few different things. Namely... Um, there's a particular brand of American pop music that I sometimes feel isn't doesn't quite translate to a wider audience. Um, obviously, Taylor Swift is absolutely massive, um, but for me personally, I've always had a hard time um, even enjoying most of her music. I just feel like it ha- it has that kind of, you know, obviously we know where she came from, country, and it turns into a massive worldwide pop star, one of the biggest around. Um, in conversation constantly in pop but in terms of her music I've always found it it's it's kind of almost jarring for me how like bright and and poppy and melodic it is mm. um and I, f- I feel the same way to a lesser extent about the likes of the critically acc- acclaimed music like that is often touted by the likes of Pitchfork like Carly Rae Jepsen and stuff like that mm. I feel a lot of like there's a there's an extra step you have to take with some of that music that I sometimes feel removed from um and so i don't enjoy it in the same way that i don't know i just feel like it's culturally different than a like mainstream pop music even though there's a lot of comparisons here to the likes of ed sheeran here and there um but that's where i'm coming from from, mm. from the from the off i i have very little interest in taylor swift but i think that that's a really good kind of and I, I 100% agree with you. I think there's an earnestness that comes Maybe across. It's that. Maybe yeah. it's that like American um, brash earnestness. Yeah. I just, I don't have in my character and a lot of non-Americans don't. Yes. The way that yeah. most Americans can get We're up and talk about whatever. We're a cynical people here in Ireland <laughs> and, and to an extent in the UK as well. You know, like the our, our side of the world is a lot more kind of reluctant to embrace this you know this brightness and this uh celebratory sincere sincerity you know yeah. and yeah I, I I would definitely agree with you and I, I think it's that's a good kind of jumping off point because you do have to kind of if you are going to enjoy Taylor Swift you like critically I think you have to listen to the the right <laughs> you have to listen to her, the, her stuff that is that transcends that that is actually musically brilliant. So I think 1989, for my money, is the pop album of the decade so far, and we're nearing the end of it. Um, I think it's 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 a 10 out of 10 album, and I don't have many of them, um, and I certainly don't have many 10 out of 10 pop albums. And I think that she she really hit a stride with that album that you know crossed her over. Like Red, Red was huge, and that crossed over a good bit with I, I knew you were trouble and. Uh, which is a, a great song but with 1989 she really got the critics on board yeah, and, and I they've think kind of been on her side pretty much they have been then. yeah like this this has gotten almost universal acclaim like there's been the the odd kind of three-star review but there's been no one that's kind of slated it Do you know i saw a lot of negative view around this did you yeah. I, yeah no i think that like the lowest rating i saw it get was three stars in the guardian um, I, I I've didn't seen a see lot any. Of think pieces about it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah, well, and I think that 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 points to you know Taylor Swift as the musician and Taylor Swift as the pop cultural entity, but as being so slightly hard to, separate. To separate, do you think so? I think they can be because mm. like 
it, whether I mean it's less so maybe on this album where she's like winking and and uh, or just downright saying it mm. about her her lot in life and how like celebrity culture and all that kind of stuff and that's a thread that was obviously in reputation or not um, yeah it's less so here I'm 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 glad she's she's left that behind I I thought that that was a poor move on her part with reputation which I, d- I didn't like at all I thought it was a, a misstep um m- musically for her it just doesn't she can't really pull off you know like it she can just come across as a bit catty sometimes and I know that's a loaded word with like sexist connotations and I I don't I don't kind of mean it that way but she in in that kind of in, in the way that we we're talking about her kind of all-american pop princess sincerity when, when that crosses over into you know hitting hitting back at the critics it just comes across as spoiled mm. and I never really felt like she shared much of herself on reputation in in fact I think reputation was an indication of her like recoiling into herself like was her putting up the walls and putting up the barriers she did a an an interview with the Guardian this week which is an, an excellent piece um in which she talked about her kind of 2016 being her her worst year like a a lot of you know personal stuff going wrong for her her mother was diagnosed with cancer um the the press were absolutely destroying her over her argument with um with Kanye West and and Kim Kardashian she was going through a a sexual assault lawsuit like there was just so much going on for her and I think that she put a lot of the negativity in her life into that album and not really in a way that I found compelling or in a way that would give you an insight it just it just felt like listening to a wall and with this is interesting um because she seems to have come out of it um she's fallen in love again um with her partner who she's been with for I think five years now four or five years so she's you know she's well well into she's her, her love songs on this um feel sincere and it seems like she's in a better place in her life now which is good um and there there is more in this album that I like than I thought I would when I listened to it initially. Um so I've I've given this album a good eight listens now. And when I first listened to it, I was like, there's not there's not a hit on here. <laughs> and I and I, I was wrong. There there are, you know Well, we should th- say there are the, many. the first two songs that were released uh from the album, yeah. in my opinion, are and a, and a lot of other opinions I've seen are pretty bad. Yeah, they're bad songs. Although you know, when I re-listened to me without the spelling is fun business on it, I was like, actually, I don't, I don't hate this. It's not, it's not as offensive Just to my ears. Of, like, so she took that part she, out. Of the she song. took that part out, and I think it did it the world of good. I'm not a big fan of Brendan Uri or Yuri, whatever, uh, what it, way you pronounce it. But um, I'm not a big fan of his presence on that song i just feel like it it, it feels a bit shoehorned in or it, something oh, that song just still feels like, like the video maybe doesn't help but it's the video does not tunes, yeah like that kind yeah. of like big and brash and bold yeah and like i can't it's a musical it's yeah a, song a musical that but her, yeah the, it's really that one and even uh you need to calm down which i'm not a fan of either mm. it doesn't really represent this album a whole lot i don't think so like i i I think there are sort of shadows of reputation still on it. Like I forgot that you existed. You need to calm down. And me would probably be the the ones where it's 
you know, they're they're a little bit more uh, self-centered and inward looking and a bit like lashing out at the haters. And I'm kind of like, I'm I'm glad that that is at a minimum at, on this album because I just, I didn't want to hear that again. I, I don't think she does it well. And I wanted to hear something new from her on this. I think thematically, lyrically, musically, there's, there's nothing new here. There's nothing that I've, that I've been surprised by in the same way that when I listened to 1989 the first time and I heard the, the, the opening chords of Welcome to New York, I was blown away by just how brassly Springsteen it was. And I was like, shit, she is, she, she is delving deep here. And she's actually, you know, taking musical influence from America, singing actual, you know, substantial tunes. And on this, like, there's, there's a few songs. I, I, I think Lover's Great. That's grown on me a lot. Um, first time I heard it, I was like, I'm gonna puke. Um, but I actually, I actually like how she leaned into it, and I, I find myself liking the love songs on this a lot more than any of the other ones. Um, for me, um, as a less uh, invested uh, Taylor Swift um, critic, mm. I would say my favorite songs from this are the ones that uh, come towards the end that are just about good songwriting. Um, mm. And I think she does that better than anything else still. Um, where she's doing the whole, the pop cadence that she has adopted, that kind of uh, run of 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 notes. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing she's always doing. And like, I don't think that suits her. I, I agree. And yeah. I don't think it's, that's, doesn't nothing about that feel it it just it just leans into that kind of brash spectacle pop thing that i i i don't feel any like love or authenticity in mm. where i know that like okay so for example um false god soon you'll get better um even afterglow and it's mm. nice to have a friend they're lovely songs and they're well written mostly and I kind of feel like that's a better fit for her always yeah. other than the ones that where she's trying to make a big pop hit. I think I think there's still probably a lot of people out there who just want her to go back to being a country artist. Sure. Um, because she is that kind of uh, she has that ability to be a really good singer-songwriter and show that mm. in uh, on a grander scale. Um I guess the other thing for me is that like Jo, um, Jack Antonoff produced this and and boy can you tell yeah you're really starting to feel like I guess that was the one thing that was like whoa okay this just feels like Jack Antonoff's um, productions again like he hasn't tried to change anything um, he was most recently he's been at his best when he worked with the likes of Lord who clearly put a lot of herself into the uh, melodrama for example mm. um, and he his default mode seems to be kind of 80s drums and synths and stuff like that. And um, I'm not sure if that's a good fit for Taylor Swift um, yeah. overall. I, I just don't, it just don't really, it doesn't really chime that much with me for her in terms of her music. I don't know. I just, and a lot of it just feels quite lightweight and then doesn't really stand out. And then I'm just like, I don't want to hear this again. Mm. Um, there so are moments only the on slower it. songs I was like, okay, I could see myself hearing this again mm. and not hating it and yeah where there's a oh, that london boy song as well yeah <sighs> i <Oops>. mean <laughs> what what a day to be talking about a song that has 
God, I love the English. As I know. American, I feel, like, like that's oh, the other. Are you thing paying about any it. attention? To yeah, that's politics? the other thing I felt about it. it. Was like it felt a bit tone deaf to be like, "I love London." I know. And you're like, okay, I know you're like. I think she's joking, or, or but I, I don't. Yeah, musically, I actually don't hate that song. I, I think it's catchy. Like I found myself bopping my head to it, and I was like, I, I literally I caught myself. The lyrics, and I was like, mostly, oh. the lyrics. Yeah, like the lyrics. Are, I, I, I think she is joking, but Taylor Swift. She's a lot of things. She's not funny. Um, no. So I, I don't know how well she pulled that off. I'd like to kind of bring up the lyrics on, on the album a little bit because I find, I I agree that that whole, I, I don't know what the word for it would be, but the da-da-da-da-da, kind of not, not quite rapping, but kind of talky rhyming um, in a very sassy way. Um, I think... I think she has done that well in the past. Like you think of like Shake, Shake It Off had a bit of that. Um, Blank Space, which is one of her best songs, in my opinion, um, had, had a bit of that as well. So when she has the lyrics there to back that up, she can do it well. But for me, the, the biggest letdown on this album is lyrics that feel like a first draft. There's a lot There's a lot of repetition um, in terms of the the ways that she's exploring things. Like The Archer is basically out of the woods from 1989 um like there's there's a lot of you know i'm singing about location like new york i'm singing about new york or i'm singing about london she did that better in 1989 she did the whole you know hunter animal imagery she did that better before and there's just not a whole lot that's mm. that's new un- until you get to songs like lover and um What's the other, uh, the one about her mom? Duh, duh, duh. Um, that is um, called. Why can't I find it here? Uh, soon you'll get better. Yeah, soon you get better. Where, where it's kind of just stripping away what she feels are clever turns of phrase, which don't really land for me very often. Um, and she strips those away and she's actually singing from the heart a bit. Um, that that I feel I can actually get into it then. I do like Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. I like what she did on that. Um, yeah, and the, the high school stuff is is still kind of, you know, coming up again. And that's like, again, better done on her earlier albums. So it's just these kind of thematic ideas that are being used again. And absolutely, you can sing about the same thing more than once. You can sing about the same thing for seven albums if you want, but it probably should get better and it probably should yeah. get smarter. Or at least more nuanced. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. But just that London Boy song, I was just looking at the lyrics there and you're like, yeah. it just reads like a really bad TripAdvisor review. It does. Or something like, it's like, I enjoy nights in Brixton, Shoreditch in the afternoon. I enjoy walking in Soho. It was like, all right. Yeah. Like, come on. You're here's, such a tourist. Here's some things about like, London. Okay. Yeah. Like, did you see that notes, somebody, like, um, She's gonna go to the Guinness storehouse when she comes. <laughs> is that what's happening? Well, yeah, it's it's her Galway girl, right? Which yeah. is a shame that there's another one in the world. But um, it's not that bad. Galway girl. It's not as bad as Galway girl. Oh no, 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 no! It <laughs> Come isn't. On now. No, it's actually like it's musically all right, kind of thing. But yeah, there's um, like when when you were talking earlier when we first started talking about it about that kind of you know very earnest American pop princess kind of thing i find paper rings almost unlistenable it 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 sounds like eating a dib dab 
but with a, an adult palate, you know, like you just, I, I can't eat that, I can't eat as many sweets these days as I could when I was a kid. And that's how it feels like I'm eating a huge yeah. bag of sherbet. Like ultra saccharine. so sickly sweet in its, in its kind of sincerity that I'm like, oh, but again, like the, the melody's fine. It's musically fine. It's, it's bright and, and nice, but I don't know. I just couldn't. I couldn't get my head around, I, I couldn't hand myself over to something that cheesy, do you know? And I, there, there are moments where she where she passes over from sincere to cheesiness. And those are the moments where I have to say, no, you mm. know. And my threshold for that might be a little bit. Yeah, maybe that's a lot of it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, I'd agree with that. What do you think about the song, The Man, and the idea behind it? Not mad about it. That's, that's one of the songs I'd take off. It's just... I don't, if if you're gonna do it do it better like if, if you're gonna talk about what it's like to be a woman and to be you know to not have the same um opportunities as men have etc 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 maybe don't do it from your multi-millionaire like white princess of pop pedestal and it's like look I know you've had like I know she's had troubles and I know that she's experienced sexism probably more than a lot of pop stars but it just seems like a very like glib addressing of it like oh if I was a man I was like oh come on we've done this before especially in light of what's happened in the entertainment industry with me too in the last few Mm. years there are more interesting ways to frame that now yeah that's the thing I don't I don't really have a problem with her addressing that as a topic I'm actually like I'm I'm glad that she's finally starting to speak out about politics and about me too and that kind of stuff and I thought she was incredibly brave to you know take on that court case even though she was you know kind of destroyed in the media over it but yeah there's just there's smarter ways to do it and there's like if if you're going to do it in music that that song would have worked better if she just wrote an article um and published it in Vogue or something do you know yeah. like i feel like she would have said it better in words than than that song i'd i'd whip that song off the album that would be on the cutting cutting room floor yeah. so what would you take away from it? what's your final what's your current verdict on the whole thing what i'd say is that like there's definite while lyrically i don't think she's at her best at the moment there's there's good on this album and some of it's very good but none of it is as good as Taylor Swift at her best um and that's a shame it's her first record um on a new label as well and it's I'm I'm relieved that she's moving away from albums as discourse you know albums as a way to hit back at critics and at other pop stars and people that she's feuding with I'm happy that she's found herself in a place where she can actually sing about the things that she's passionate about like her boyfriend and her mom and that kind of stuff and it it points to her becoming more of a personal songwriter um but unfortunately like I don't think the big hits on it are enough to carry it as an album mm. but i'd say some some of the songs on it are are gonna last and you know more power to them for it there are a lot of songs in this that i like but as an album she hasn't been an album artist since 1989 and that's a shame 
Yeah. All right. Well, that's your <laughs> <laughs> that's your uh, opinion on uh, Taylor Swift's uh, lover. Where uh, are you landing on it? Um, I won't be listening to this. It's just not for me at all. No. Um, but I, I, I kind of enjoyed listening to it uh, in terms of the critical process. But again, I find it really hard to just shake it off. Yes. <laughs> what, what else is there to be said other than that? Um, yeah, I just I just can't really get on board with any of it. I think it's that there's a barrier there, and that barrier might be the earnest cheesiness of the whole enterprise. Because um, it is an enterprise now. We're talking like there's so much. Like Taylor Swift to me is more about the news headlines these days. And that's why what you're saying there is good, because she's addressing personal things mm-hmm. a bit more. Uh, as opposed to, it could be the last album you get from her for a while. If her, her plan is to go and re-record all six albums because of her her uh, record deal yeah. uh, going tits up, so you know that could be happening. I'm I'm fine with her releasing Red again and 1989 again. I'll I'll take both of those albums I any day say, of the week. Uh, when I was listening to this earlier, uh, one of her first albums came on. One of her first songs came on immediately afterwards. Um, and maybe two or three songs came on, and I did not realize. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh, like, that's interesting. Oh. Oh, it's been playing the old stuff, yeah. like the very old stuff. I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was happening. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, Taylor Swift's Lover. And uh, Lover. Here's, a par- here's a bit of that song, uh, Lover. This is our place, we make the call. And I'm highly suspicious that everyone who sees you wants you. I've loved you three summers now, honey. That's our album of the week, uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Lover, and uh, Dre. Have yes. you been listening or watching or reading anything this week? What have you been? Cons- what's been consuming you? Bake Off is back. Oh, I saw you with your glass of wine in front of Bake yeah, Off. Oh, it was la- lovely. Last night? Yeah, yeah last extremely night, yeah. basic post on my Instagram <laughs> at Andrea Cleary underscore. Um, yeah, Bake Off's back. There are a baker's dozen of them this year for the first time. There are 13 contestants. Um, in my personal opinion, the wrong person went home last night. It was a... Already controversy. Oh, in- incredible night, night technical. One. And the, the standard this year is very, very high. I'm really looking forward to it. I rewatched season, not rewatched, watched for the first time um, season three um, over the weekend just, you know, to get pumped because that's the life I live. And... Um, yeah, I'm I'm in a very big bake off mood and I feel like it's they're all really, really young as well and yeah. they're so good. Like they're so You would expect so them good. to be really good at this point. It's the show is so established. Yeah. Probably a lot That's of the thing, the standard is so, so high. Um Paul Hollywood's hair is all different and I don't know what to make of it. That's <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, bake off's back, it's great. I've been also what have I been doing? I've been learning about cricket. Oh yeah. Um it's very complicated. Why? Um because cricket's been on. 
There's been the, the well, ashes. You're not obligated to watch it now. No, but I... Uh, are you I, obligated to watch it now because of Brexit or something? Uh, no, um, I've, I've, a, I've a significant other who is a, uh, an absolute West Brit um, <laughs> and just loves cricket. So he was watching like stuff on YouTube and I was like, I just like I happen to just say like I've never understood cricket and you know when you just tell someone like I don't understand this thing that you're very passionate about yeah. and it's just like here's an eight hour explanation of how cricket works and I was like okay he doesn't um, like cricket he loves it he loves cricket yeah exactly and um, <laughs> yeah there are four different things called oh, the I wicket. don't want you to explain to me no it's but fine. no but this is We're, important I'm good with that like this is <laughs> they've done this on purpose because I used to think that I didn't understand cricket because like it was a problem with me. And I didn't get sport. But no, there are four different things that are called a wicket in it. And one of them is metaphorical. Cool. So, yeah. Uh, I think uh, that's I it. And then care. I've been listening as well to um, a lot of jazz this week, actually. Um, I've just been kind of, I, I think it's just the natural reaction to listening to something as sugary sweet as Taylor Swift. Um, I just delve back into some old jazz playlists and some Coltrane um that i haven't listened to in a while and actually sitting down and listening to records again mm. for the first time in a while which is nice and trying to sit and not play on my phone and do stuff and just listen yeah very good it's been nice um i have just been i was djing over the weekend all day on saturday we had the optimo um thing in jam park which was really fun um jam park and swords the new district eight and the new the former right venue. Uh, we had a lovely afternoon out there. It was uh, the Thanks. weather was great and uh, we had a good time. It's like being the rooftop bar is like being on a cruise ship that's been docked around the lo- big shopping center, mm. and uh, it has that feel to it. Uh, and then we had a limo on Saturday night, and that was great and really good. Lovely. So I enjoyed it. I had a really good Saturday of DJing. And of course, looking forward to the picnic this weekend, um, where I will be playing here and there, here and there and about. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you going to go see the 1975? I don't know if I'm going to be there, to be honest. Oh, I actually did this year. I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to be there at all, yeah. other than when I have to be. So I'm not entirely sure yeah. what my movements are just yet. Um, but separate to that, I, I've been watching, uh, I started watching season two of Mindhunters because I watched it all yeah. once uh, when it came out. That uh, seems really, like a popular I, choice. I really enjoyed it. And then I was like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this. I, I am. It's a bit serial killers though. It's just like, it seems feel, feels so predictable to watch it. Okay. Oh, it's a show about serial killers. David Fincher directed it. Okay. Yeah. But I kind of enjoy it. Yeah. He's quite good though. He is good. He's, yeah, he's a good director. He's good. <laughs> uh, I'll start watching the second season of Glow or third season of Glow. Which is very good. Also, I haven't watched that. Oh, it's a brilliant show. Yeah. Very good. And then, um, oh, I'm still totally buzzed about the the third episode of, of the second season of Succession was on last night. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my favorite episodes they've done so far. So many killer one-liners that only make sense if you've seen the show. Okay. But uh, just so cutting and so interesting and... Like there was a lot of there was a a, a scene in it that was uh, drawn from probably real life, you know, like that idea of the uh, the pigs and Boris Johnson and uh, David mm. Cameron and all that kind of stuff. Was not that explicit, but like there was a, some of that camaraderie in mm. in the corporate world um, in this episode. It's just so fascinating, and they're such horrible people, and yet. I'm so gripped watching it. So fantastic. Great. It's a, such a brilliant show. Uh, very well drawn characters and just uh, last night 
that third episode was all punctuated by just those very quick one-liners that just like made it all sing so much okay um very fantastic show and uh, that's about it for me i haven't been reading anything at all or haven't even listened to a podcast in the last week no no i've been yeah no oh do you know what i did listen to your recommendation from last week which is the why'd you push that button oh yeah i listened to the um the verification episode it was excellent really really good and then off of that i started listening to oh god i'm not gonna be able to remember it if i do remember it we can put it in the thing but um it's a podcast about um amazon uh, well, oh it's yeah like, uh, the land of giants or something that's like that. the one yeah, yeah yeah land of giants uh i listened to the first episode of that which is why you'll never quit amazon prime um and it's excellent it's really really good if you're at all interested in kind of product marketing and um that makes it sound really boring uh in how tech giants are ruling the world if you're a giant nerd yeah <laughs> if you're a big nerd like me um no if, if you're interested in and scared by the impact yeah. that you know giant uh, corporations and monopolies like um like amazon have on the world and their workers and us as consumers it's a very very interesting listen it's really mm. really good other thing i've been listening to um is an audiobook actually oh. um the uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy again oh my god we're on, i'm a big um, fan the, to the third book it's kind of like it's one of the things you put on in the background but also i'm actively listening to it is the third well. one so, the restaurant at the end of the universe i'm not sure there's the audiobooks is like based on the bbc series so oh I'm sorry sure okay broken up. yeah um and separately to that but listen to sapiens um i couldn't get i couldn't finish that well, I'd be listening to it. Instead. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just, I, I had an audio book of it and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sad. <laughs> we just, we just fucked it. We, it was like, everything was, you know, not fine, but it was going. And then, you know, we d- decided that religion was a thing and then everything just stopped being okay. Well, don't spoil it for me. I don't know how humanity ends, <laughs> um, but maybe we will know soon. Just don't look Amazon at the news. There might be spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> pretty bad um okay that's it from us this week i yep. believe and uh, thank you for everybody uh, who's been sound and uh, support the patreon patreon.com forward slash nine or nine and got some stuff coming up there that you might be interested in including t-shirts yeah in the next while and i'm uh, sending up some badges soon as well uh in the meantime i'm gonna leave you with a song from a new irish artist uh, her name is tola mckay and this is a song called oceans so Good day and good night. And thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Back with more Unverified Facts next week. Stay safe. My mind is the ocean Making waves through the clouds Somewhere above me Baby, don't go away, don't stray Day.
all the memories we have to share. Now we're gone, trying to make things better again. My mind is the ocean. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.